the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour. As always, we're going through our best bets for the AT&T Byron Nelson 18 holes, 18 bets. We're going to pick you some winners. Benny, what's going on? How was your last week? Wells Fargo Championship. I'm sure we had a winner in there somewhere, right? Well, I remember sort of tipping people off to look out for Jason Day. He might be building towards something. And at 36 hole mark with a three-shot lead, I was feeling pretty good about that. Unfortunately, as we saw, a 79 on Saturday and uh, unable to sort of get it done, of course. Still on that building phase as i said i was hopeful that he would be ready by the pga that 79 has me reevaluating. i'll just have to have a bit of a chat with the man but look i'm glad he showed some glimpses i'm glad he's sort of on that mend on the way back in some degree i didn't pick max homer and i may have said that mark leishman would win and that was a guy who was shank <laughs> on the opening round in the triple bogey so i need to come back this week i need a big play here at the att byron nelson in your defense, Benny, you said Jason Day would have a good week. You didn't say anything about his weekend. Correct. That's fair. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. He had a good week. The weekend was a little rough. Look, I wasn't on Homa either. Had a little Keegan Bradley. I did get on Homa later in the week. I think I picked him up Friday morning before things really got going and the weather got nasty. But in any case, we move on to the AT&T Byron Nelson, where there's nothing but winners for us. The second playing of this event at TPC Craig Ranch plays just north of 7,400 yards, par 72. Last year, KH Lee won with a score of 25 under par. There were five other guys who are 21 under or better. There were a total of two dozen players, 15 under or better. So essentially, go low this week if you want to have a chance at this thing. All right, let's get right to our plays. Like we said, 18 holes, 18 bets. Benny, you're on the tee. Swing away. All right, mate. Well, as I usually do, I'm going to bookend my uh, picks this week with winners and guys to consider for outright. So I'll start with, I guess, my second favorite outright for the week. And it's a young Sam Burns, 2200. Second last year in the event, six top tens this season, two wins, obviously. He was a runner up at the Zurich in his last start. I know it's a team event, but showing some good form. We know the value of this bloke. We know what he can do. The only danger is if he's thinking too far ahead, i.e. the following week at the PGA Championship, I think Sam Burns at 2200 is actually a decent number, given there's some big names in this field, obviously, and he's bumped up a little bit because of that. Uh, and I think that he might be locked in to win again. I like that play a lot. I'm a huge Sam Burns fan, and there's not really a week out there where I wouldn't like Sam Burns. He is one of the seven players who are ranked inside the top 13 on the world ranking. More players in that top 13. I know that's a weird number. More players in the top 13 who are in this field than not in this field. So a little bit different than we've seen the last couple of weeks. I like Burns, but if there's one player that I'm taking from that sort of upper echelon list, that top tier, I feel like it could be a Dustin Johnson week. We're waiting for DJ to really play his best golf. It's interesting. This is one of my favorite stats. Take away the match play, WGC in, in Austin, where he finished, uh, got into the semifinals, finished in a, a solo fourth place result. Other than that, he's played 25 stroke play events since his last global win last year. Wow. During that time, he has 
eight top 10s, 13 top 25s. That sounds really good. Wow. DJ playing as usual. Very good. Very solid. Very consistent golf. He has zero top fives during that time. (laughs) I think that streak ends this week. I'm going Dustin Johnson, top five plus 400. He's the type of guy that can go lights out as well. Needs a lot of birdies. So um, I don't have him on my card, but I'm not going to fault you for having me on yours. So I'll go into my top five play for the third hole. And this is a guy whose birdies percentage over the last three events or the last 12 rounds is second only to world number one, Scotty Scheffler. His three recent top tens. I've picked him a few times on this podcast to do things, but Canadian Adam Hadwin is my top five pick plus 1,000, 10 to one or so, 11, 10, wherever you shop around. But his birdie percentage lately is high. I feel like he has been trending this entire season and I think he'll have another crack this week at the AT&T Byron Nelson. I am seeing a lot of people on Hadwin this week. I'm going to admit, Benny, I didn't necessarily see it. It's a longer golf course. Again, you have to make a lot of birdies, although Hadwin, when he gets hot, he gets really hot. And we've seen him, especially in the desert, make a lot of birdies in the past. So I certainly don't mind it. A lot of people, like I said, are on him this week. Fourth hole, this should surprise absolutely nobody who listens to the pod on a regular basis. I'm going with Aaron Wise for a top 10. Look, I'm just going to keep hitting Aaron Wise until... Either he proves don't play me or the number just gets too short. Right now, top 10 at plus 550. I'll sprinkle a little outright on him as well. But he's trying to pull off what I will look at as a Max Homa, essentially winning the same tournament on two different golf courses. Homa, of course, won the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow a few years ago and now has won at TBC Potomac. Aaron Wise won this golf tournament a few years ago now at Craig Ranch. He's trying to pull it off again. I could certainly see him winning, but I'll play top 10. Like I said, plus 550. All right, I've had to shuffle the decks here because Aaron was, we don't, as you said, we don't talk about these before we do this pod. I'll go to hole five moving forward. My top 20 play was Aaron Wise plus 230. <laughs> I think that top 20 is an easy make for him. And I do think you could look at top 10, top five, even outright, he was T6's last start as well at the Mexico Open. He opened this tournament last year with a 64 at TPC Craig Ranch. Had a, a bit of a shocking, if you will, or, you know, 72 even par round two that put him well behind. And then he was able to sort of fade out from there to end up 55th. But I think he felt like his chances were gone. and He's conserved energy from that point. I do think Aaron Weiss is a big play this week. I had him conservatively top 20. Don't be afraid to go deeper into that. I like that as well. Getting to the sixth hole. Top 20 play of mine. I'm going to first start this off with a little rant. Benny, I hate when people say backdoor top five, (laughs) backdoor top 10 finish. Okay. Everyone says it's about Rory McIlroy. It's been a label for years and years and years. He spent most of his adult life being known as backdoor finish for Rory McIlroy. Yeah. What is he supposed to do? You're supposed to play your best golf on Sunday when it means the most. Would we give more appreciation to front door top five finishes, which essentially would mean, hey, I was leading the whole way and then coughed it up at the end and finished a share of fourth place. I got that front door finish. That doesn't (laughs) sound any better than a backdoor finish. In any case, the reason I'm bringing this up is because over the last two weeks, Lonto Griffin has shot 65 and 67 in the two final rounds. He's essentially clinched those backdoor finishes, which... I love as a better. Why wouldn't you love a good backdoor finish on a Sunday afternoon? It's better than, hey, he was there and then he barely held on. It was, no, played his best golf when it mattered the most and cashed a few tickets. So I'm going 
Lonto Griffin playing some good golf right now. Top 20 plus 275. I don't know about Griffin, whatever, but I'm going to add to your rant there and say this. This is with this insult I can add. Cameron Smith, world top four at the moment, didn't start making that change from, you know, just decent player to really good player until he figured one thing out. He had to be playing his best all week, no matter what had happened. Mm -hmm. He had to turn those 35ths into 20ths. He had to turn those 40ths into 15ths. He had to bring his mongrel every week, including Sundays when he couldn't win because every point counts, every shot counts on the PGA. I know it's a cliche, but look, I've seen Ricky Fowler and other blokes miss the Tour Championship by less than one point on the FedEx Cup standings. So guys that are there in the end who go through to the end, there's something to be said for them. And it plays into that narrative of being there and knowing what to do on Sundays when it does come your turn. So I think that's a great attitude that you've gone with there. And I can't fault you for that pick. So just something out there for the listeners. But I'll go to my hole seven. I'm going to play a top 40 play here. I just, you know, not a great number, plus 110. I thought, you know what? Could be an easy get here to essentially pay for your other bets here. And I like the defending champion, KH Lee. For a top 40 finish at 110. Yeah, but I think it's just sort of free choice out there. He's not going to tank on his uh, tournament defense. He shot, as you said, a million under, 25 under, I think, to win last year. He clearly likes the joint. I can't see him faulting outside of the top 40. Plus 110, take it. Yep, I like that a lot. Getting to the eighth hole, I've got one more top 20 here. It's the man who ranks 15th on the PGA Tour this season in birdie average, and that's got to be going up on a regular basis because he's played some of his best golf over the last month or so. But Davis Riley, we all know that golf swing is really, really good. He's starting to look a little more comfortable, and from what we've seen from Riley, he's played his best golf in Mexico a few weeks ago when it was kind of a birdie fest at the Valspar where he had to go pretty low. And so I think another birdie fest tournament suits his style right now. I don't know that that's what Davis Riley is going to be for the next 15, 20 years of his career, but right now he looks most comfortable when it's, Hey, conditions aren't that tough. Go out there, fire at flag sticks, be aggressive, make some birdies top 20 plus two thirty this week. All right. I'll run out the front nine here with a long shot. I'll give us something to think of. Now it's a mate of yours, a Texan, <laughs> someone who we've talked about as again on the pod lately, but Ryan Palmer, 80 to one. Oh yeah. I like that. Texas ties. He was running, I think, 15th or 14th through three rounds in this tournament at this course last year before a, a final round fade sort of backed him off a little bit. My point is he was there or thereabouts. Again, he could have been conserving energy for the following week. I don't know. But look, he's shown form in Texas before. He has been practicing with Scotty Scheffler recently. In fact, he was with Scheffler at Southern Hills over the weekend where, spoiler alert, Scheffler shot a pretty easy 63 or 64 mm. apparently and beat Palmer. But Palmer's going to be trying to win this week as much as anyone else. While other guys are thinking about the PGA, I feel like Palmer's the type of guy's like, no, I'm going to win here in Texas this week at 80 to one. I think that's good odds for a long shot. Yeah, I think that's a really smart play. Ryan Palmer, indeed, a Texan who plays some of his best golf in Texas. So I do like that. As we're making the turn, Benny, tell them all about PGA Tour Pick'em Live and some of those maybe longer shot plays that we might want to throw into the mix for PGA Tour Pick'em Live this week. I'll say this, guys. PGA Tour Pick'em Live, it's a great free-to-play game. It's powered by PointsBet. If you haven't seen it before, you know, you chase total points. They're linked directly to the live odds, and you try to get your hands on a guaranteed weekly prize pool of over $5,000 or $5,000, which is going to go up in the future as well. So 
Look, you start by simply picking a player in the tournament markets, either winner, top 10, top 20, you, you get in there and you can change those as the points bet market is open and changes over the tournament. So any changes you make or lock in at the live odds at the time, the more points you get, the better you'll do, the chance at the money, good stuff there. I mean, you, you have to make those decisions. What time on Sunday are you going to jump ship? Think about last Sunday. If you're on Bradley or Homer, when are you making those choices to jump? You got to make your choice and try to maximize your points. So aside from that, you get uh, each round has its own points as well. So you can bump up your total and, uh, you know, choose in three balls, who's going to make the cut, who's going to be first round leader or thing. It's like lots of exciting choices. It's like betting for free with a chance to still win cash, get in there and do it. And as I said, look, start with your long shots. I like Palmer. Uh, what about you, Jace? You got any long shot just to throw in there early before you make that change? How about I give you a long shot right now as we make the turn? I'm going to hop onto the 10th tee, going to start the back nine, and I'll start it out with a guy who in the DraftKings Sportsbook is tied for having the longest odds in the field, but he's got a lot of offensive firepower. And this is a guy right. that anytime it's a birdie fest, hit it long, go after it, hit it again. Look, I'm not going to lie. He's dropped nearly 100 points in the world ranking since the beginning of the year, he's not playing his best golf, but Brandon Hagee has a type of game where on any given week, he can go out there and make 25 birdies and give it a shot. I'm not throwing the mortgage on Hagee <laughs> at 800 to one, but for a PGA tour, pick them live type of play where it's like, I want someone at a massive number that at least has some ability that at least can win on the PGA tour at some point. That's my guy. And that's what I'm going with for the 10th hole. Love that, mate. Love it. All right. I'll go to 11th. I'm going to bring in a first round leader choice. Okay. Look, I don't necessarily love the number I'm getting where I saw it at DraftKings. This, but so have a look around. Might get a little bit better. 2,500. Another guy with Texas ties. Five top 10s and 22 so far. First round scoring average of about 68, which is the best of his four rounds going this season. T17 at this event last year, and that is Will Zalatoris. A little bit of a forgotten man, I feel like, on the tour the last few months. Uh, yet... He is sort of rounding into something again. And the type of week where I think we could all go, oh, yeah, there he is. There's that guy, Will Zalatoris. What's he been up to? And trending towards another major championship where he has obviously proven himself to be a contender as well. So I'm going to throw up Will Zalatoris as a first-round leader option, but also across the board. Look at well, him. Well, and I like the first-round leader play on him. I want to have a Zalatoris investment. I've seen him as low as 14-1 to 1 this week, and I just can't get down with that. It's too short for me. For as much as I like him, if you want to throw him in your one-and-done pool, if you yes. want to put him in a DraftKings lineup for DFS, I'm completely fine with that. I like him. I like everything about Will Zalatoris, especially if that putter gets hot. He can certainly win this golf tournament. But, boy, betting him at 14-1 to 1 just seems a little too short. But you're right. First-round leader play, not bad. I'll get to the 12th hole and give you my first-round leader. This is a driver-putter course. This is a place where – hit it a long way, get on the green, and then roll in a bunch of birdie putts. Those are the two best clubs in the bag for Wyndham Clark. Okay. He's not played his best golf on the PGA Tour yet this year either, but 68s in each of his two previous Thursday rounds. He's 21st on the PGA Tour so far this season in round one scoring average, and he's a nice little 130 to one for first round leader. Oh. We yeah. haven't seen the tea times yet. You and I don't know if he's yeah. a morning or afternoon. I would assume the wind kicks up in the afternoon. So hopefully he gets something like an 815 tea time and gets to get out there early when there's still more birdies out there. But I just think that's a really big number on a guy that can go low at any given moment. Whenever you're going first round later, we always put that proviso, don't we? That normally you're looking at a morning round. 
uh, someone who goes out early to, to make those birdies while the conditions are at their most benign and also the greens are at their best. And he definitely throws himself up there as a person that could be someone at great odds that you could snare. 13th hole for me, I'm looking at this guy in sort of two areas. I'm going to give you a matchup that DraftKings has put uh, against sort of four others. And also sort of you can look at top 20, but given it's plus 230 for a top 20 and only plus 330 to beat, beat oh. these four guys. Oh. I think I'm I might say, have the same thing written down as you. I'm Go. Say Mark Leishman oh. is going to beat Keith Mitchell, Mito Pereira, Sebastian Munoz, and Eric Van Royen. There's only four he has to beat for plus 330. Leish is a little embarrassed about the shank and the missed cut last week. A little fired up. He's always played well in the wins in Texas. Back when it was at the old venue, he was a, almost a lock to be a top five at the Nelson. This one, he was reasonable last year. One so-so round, three pretty good rounds. I think 3.30 to beat those four guys is great value, Mark Leishman. Benny, that's really funny because the next play I have written down is a guy that is plus 210 for a top 20. That's a decent number, but then he's plus 330 to win his five ball on DraftKings and when you said that, I thought, oh, we have the same guy written down. I don't have Mark Leishman, but it's not the same five ball. I have Jonathan Vegas, who's oh, run, yeah. riding a heater right now. And when Vegas yeah. gets hot, Vegas gets really hot. He's the kind mm-hmm. of momentum player that when he's not playing his best, you just stay away from him because it's not going to turn around quickly. But when he's getting it going, he's got four straight finishes of 27th or better, including last week, taking him in a five ball over. Christian Bezedenhut, Alex Noren, Matt Kuchar, and Siwoo Kim. This is called links and locks, right? That's a lock. Woo! Absolute lock. I'll say that. Great pick. Thank you. So earlier I mentioned, you know, just take the 110 and be happy and maybe getting value to put your other money out elsewhere. Top 10, I'm going to go plus 100, Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> <laughs> Four wins, obviously. Number one in the world. Lit up Southern Hills over the weekend. And I feel like even if he has his mind on the PGA... He always wants to play well in Texas. He'll have a bunch of fans there. He'll bring his B-plus game and potentially finish in the top 10 this week. Look, there are so many of these weeks, Benny, when you and I sit here and we go, okay, I'm going to sprinkle a little here. I'm going to take a long shot there. I'm going to put a little on this, take a little on that. And then at the end of the week, I go, you know, if I just take all that money and put it on a top 10 on the number one player in the world, it would have hit and we would have doubled our money. And sometimes you tend to overthink things. Yes, you and I are producing content. And so we can't just come on the podcast and say, I'll take that number one guy at a uh, top 10. All right, bye. We've got to do a little bit more than that. At some point you look at it and you go, let's not overthink this thing. He's really good. That's a decent number. We double our money. Why not? Okay. Uh, 16th hole, little three ball on DraftKings. I'm taking my guy Maverick McNeely. And I love taking him in matchups because he's got as high a floor as just about anybody out there. The skilling, I'm still questioning. I'm still not sure about. Can he go out and win on any given week? I do like him at some point to start winning golf tournaments, but he's only missed one cut and I believe his last 22 starts. So in matchup bets, you essentially have a chance to win on Friday or Sunday. Two chances because if the other guys miss the cut, you're right there. Now, I've got him to beat Jason Kokrak and Adam Hadwin. You mentioned Hadwin already. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people on Hadwin starting to rethink it a little bit. Boy, McNeely's floor is so high that Kokrak and Hadwin are going to have to go out there and really play some good golf to beat them this week. Plus 175. I'm sticking with Mav McNeely. Yeah, well, I'll say this about Hadwin that I might not have said earlier. He's going to have to be on his game all facets. You're right. It's like 
it's long. He's going to have to get out there and he's going to have to be at his best with his ball striking. And he's going to have to make more putts than he does generally, if that makes sense. He's going to have to be better than his average on the green. So 17th hole, my big win play. The reason your last couple of holes ago was a lock is because Johnny Vegas is going to win the AT&T National this week at 5,500. Vegas, as you said, is on a heater. T27, T4, T18, T15. He was T9 in this event last year. He started with a 65. He had a 72 in the second round before 66-67 to finish. Everyone above him on that T9 finish had all their rounds under par. Vegas had that one stretch in some bad wind that didn't help. I'm all over Vegas. I think he's going to push his way, as I said, into the International President's Cup team. I think this is a great week. He's got Texas ties from college days. He loves it there. He loves this course. He loves the event. Vegas, 55 to 1. Get on it. He's one of those guys that I look at, Ben, on a regular basis, and I go, if you didn't know anything about who the best players in the world were and you just were dropped in on the back of a driving range and watching guys play, you go, that guy, he does everything really well. Big dude, hits it a long way, controls his irons, soft hands around the greens. I think he can and will be at some point a top 20 player in the world, and a win certainly would help this week. I am essentially attacking that 55 to 1 to 80 to 1 number this week. My favorite outright is more representative of that number than it is, oh, I like this guy to win. Yep. I'm going to play a little Aaron Wise. I'm going to play a little Lonto Griffin. going to play a little Jonathan Vegas. All guys that I've mentioned already. Another guy right in that range at 75 to 1, Sebastian Munoz, a high floor guy. We have seen him in his last seven starts. Nothing worse than 39th place. Now, granted, nothing better than 21st place. It's been very, very consistent. I started calling him the Colombian Charles Howell III because he has played such consistent golf. At some point, though, I do believe, once again, he hits that ceiling. He's a really good player, really good ball striker. I can see it this week, and at 75-1, to I would love to see it this week, Benny. Obviously, I did mention him briefly. I think that Mark Leishman can beat him in that five ball. But, look, I would not be surprised. I've picked Sebastian a few times this year as well. I think that he also has that international team high on his radar and wants to push his way into that. Both Vegas and Munoz, they're they're similar guys in that respect. I think that they both got some great golf ahead of them this year. I think we'll see them, if not win, go very close to it on a few occasions. Either of those I'd be happy with. I'll do the sprinkle as well. Great week to sprinkle a little on that range. Good luck to everybody out there. And thanks, as always, for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. You can listen, download, subscribe, and rate us every single week. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your best bets for this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. Here's hoping you 